this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the queen of Halloween soon, I think to be queen of the New York Times bestseller list, Miss Cassandra Peterson. Hello, David. Hi, everybody. How are you today? What is going on? I'm rushed. I mean, it's September 2nd (laughs) and then around September 1st, my uh, season starts. So September and October are really, really, really busy times for me. And then on top of that, I'm promoting my new book. So it's a double whammy this year. And it's my 40th anniversary as Elvira. It is all of that. Well, first of all, congratulations on the new book. Yours, Cruelly, Elvira, Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark. That's right. Pretty uh, interesting and exciting. There it is. Oh, wrong side. (laughs) There it is. And let me tell you, so I've read the book. Now, I know, yes, I've read the book. Now, I know, you know, you've written like two of the Elvira or three of the Elvira novels and we have the coffee table book, coffin table book, excuse me. But why now? Why was this the right time to write kind of like your memoir and your life story? Well, I started thinking, if not now, when? <laughs> you know, I'm turning 70 uh, in just a couple of weeks. And um, I, I've been thinking about writing it for at least 15 years. And I've been making notes, writing down little bits and pieces of it. And uh, then, you know, a friend of mine said, if you're ever going to do this book, you have to go out and get a publishing deal and get a deadline or you will not ever do it. And I think that's the key, you know, you get a deadline, then you're like, oh, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. So um, yeah, I, I'd just been thinking about it for so long and it was just finally time, like do it or get off the pot, you know? The time is now. Well, I've learned so much about you from reading this book. You know, oh, really, yeah. there's a lot in there, let me tell you. <laughs> Starting at a young age, you know, the first thing that jumped out to me was, you know, like when you reach for the pot on the stove and accidentally like yeah. poured boiling water all over your body and were scarred like on 30% of your body. Do you remember that? Like, is that like, do you remember that vividly? No memory of it whatsoever. I, um, you know, obviously I was in shock or traumatized or something. If someone didn't tell me, I wouldn't know where these scars came from. I. I don't know. I had to learn to speak again. I mean, I was only 18 months old, so I knew, you know, I don't know how much you know at 18 months, but I had to learn to speak again. I didn't recognize my family. I knew nobody. And, and it took a while. It was kind of like being born again, if you will. Wow. 
Yeah. And you talk about this in the book that like that and kind of feeling like a misfit and scarred that that kind of really is what led you into horror to have an affiliation for horror. It really kind of is. I mean, I remember going to school, honestly, and having kids. There was there were kids doing jump rope and they were doing like a, you know, a, kind of a little song, a little poem like they did. And it was about me looking like a monster. And I, I, I just stood there going, I mean, I was really little and probably kindergarten age. And um, I got a lot of teasing, a lot of bullying. And it did make me, I felt ostracized. I felt like I didn't fit in. And um, eventually when I did see a horror movie, when I was about in second, second grade, I was seven or eight years old, I, I, something clicked in my head. And like, I don't know that, you know, I, I could relate to it. This is strange. I, I, you know, I'm not a psychologist here, but I'd like to be. But um, I just felt like uh, that that felt like me being being a monster was okay. <laughs> like almost like you found your people. I did. It was exactly like that. It was like these are my peeps. What was the first horror movie that you saw? Uh, House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. And it scared the living hell out of me. At the same time, I was fascinated by it, just fascinated. I mean, I remember waking up screaming in the middle of the night for, for months, like, because Vincent Price was chasing me with a giant knife, which had nothing to do with the movie. But I just became obsessed with Vincent Price and with those, those movies in particular, the kind of low-budget Roger Corman uh, movies that were loosely based on the Edgar Allan Poe stories. Yeah. And I just wanted to see all of them. And I went to all of them and, and <clears throat> became more and more enamored with horror. Did you get like pushback from those around you? You know, like where other little girls were playing with Barbies. I mean, you know, it was a different time back then. I mean, even now, I mean, I was bullied in high school too. I get it. Kids could be wonderful. Right. But like, did you get more pushback as you went down the horror route? Oh yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody that I knew ever had, <laughs> they were not into horror movies. They were not into horror stuff. I'm at home painting little model kits, Aurora model kits of Dracula and the Wolfman, you know, and, and literally my sisters are sitting on the same bedroom floor playing with Barbie and Ken. Um, so I didn't even, there weren't even guys that were into it. I was the only one. So it was, it was, uh, I just made myself more of a freak than I already was. But you just couldn't stay away. Could not. Love just, yeah, had to, had to have it. Well, then I know you left home. You eventually ended up in Vegas. And at 17, were one of the youngest showgirls in Vegas history. What was that like? It was pretty freaky, I'll tell you. Coming from a farm in Kansas <laughs> and then suddenly finding yourself on stage, jumping around in your skivvies was uh, quite a shock. And being 17... I, I had parts of me that were mature, like my boobs. Okay, but emotionally and mentally, I was not really prepared for it. So it came as a big uh, revelation, a big shock. And uh, I got myself into all sorts of trouble <laughs> in Las Vegas. It was a great year. I, I got sick of it after about a year. I was, it really was. I was like, get me the heck out of here. I, like Vegas is like New York. I, we were just talking before you went on that I'm in New York. It's like you, that's a fast education of coming from Kansas to like, here's how the world is, right? Yeah, it was exactly like that. It was a real quick, uh, you know, from zero to 60 in one minute. I know you ran into a lot of people there. You talk in the book about this encounter with Elvis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Elvis changed my life literally. And, and, uh, Everybody goes, oh, Elvis, but nothing, there was nothing funny going on, probably because I was 17, you know, <laughs> I think he was smarter than that. Um, but we had this fantastic discussion and he told me, you do not need to be in Las Vegas. You need to get out. You need to find something else to do. And I was like, what? This is my dream. I just accomplished it. Now you want me to go do something else? And um, he suggested that I he and I sang together, if you can believe that. And uh, I had only sung in choir previously. So he suggested I, I um, take singing lessons and maybe become a singer and get out of Vegas. And 
kind of a long story, but I, I did all of that. And it was all based on, on uh, Elvis's advice. Wow. So really, do we have Elvis to thank for Elvira? I honestly think you do. And what, what's really always struck me as sort of bizarre is that Elvira's signature, if you ever see Elvis's signature, and I didn't copy it, I just write the way I write, looks very much like Elvis's signature. And Elvis, Elvira, I like when I um, go online, you know, Google Elvira just to go to my, my uh, website and El Elvis always pops up right next to me. I'm like, all right. You know. um, so it's funny, I mean, similar names and that name was just chosen by me out of a tin can. So the fact that they're similar is kind of like Elvis was sending me a message. Wow. So it wasn't based on Elvis. You literally, what, you put names in a tin can and picked out the name and Elvira's one that came out. <laughs> yes. We were going to call the show Vampira and that didn't work out uh, because we found out somebody else owned the name. And uh, the last minute, right, the first day of shooting Elvira, everybody on the set, including the, the director, the sound man, the lighting guy, and myself threw in little pieces of paper with what we thought the character should be called. And uh, I picked out Elvira and I was like, ew, Elvira, that's like a country Western star. Um, and anyway, that's stuck. That was, that was the deal. And, and it did, you know, maybe Elvis was guiding my hand in there for the slip of paper. I don't know. I think so. What, what were the other names? Do you know? I, all I remember, well, Luna, I remember one named Luna. That wouldn't have been too bad. Um, Cassandra is the one I put in. Bad, bad, bad idea. <laughs> I am so grateful that, that my character is not called Cassandra and I'm called Cassandra. That would be a bummer, right? And that's confusing. Like on the soap opera, when one person's playing two parts like Cassandra, and now we have <laughs> yeah. a different Cassandra. Right. Luna. Okay. Luna. Interesting. Pretty good. I know. I like that one. I wish I would have picked it, but anyway, it's Elvira and it's worked pretty good for me. I would say it's worked pretty well. How did you come up with everything? The look, costumes, the makeup, like where did the inspiration for Elvira come from? Well, I had a best friend named Robert Redding. He and I had been previously in a, in a little group that we'd formed in music singing, dancing comedy group called Mama's Boys. I was Mama and I had seven gay men with me and we toured all over the country at, from gay disco to gay disco for several years. And um, Robert lived in LA and he's a fantastic artist. Um, in addition to being very talented, he has since passed away from AIDS. Um, but he, he and I, once I got the part looking like myself, he and I sat down and brainstormed and tried to come up with a look that wouldn't be the same old look, you know, that, you know, the Morticia Adams, the Vampirella vampire thing. And um, we first came up with a look that was more like Sharon Tate in the Fearless Vampire Killers, which was a gauzy pink dress that you could sort of sheer and, and long red hair and uh, more of a dead girl look. And the station did not want that. They, they were like, no, no, it has to be all black, it has to be black hair, black and everything. So he came up with the, the kind of standard look. That was a bummer because it's like, okay, this is going to look like everybody else. But um, he managed to tweak it so that it didn't. We got like a kind of an 80s spin going with little leather and stud bracelets. And uh, of course, the cleavage didn't hurt. We were shocked when they said I could actually, uh, you know, ha show that much cleavage on TV. We were. We just put it there and thought they'd say, well, you got to cover up, but they, they didn't, they want ratings, you know? <laughs> no, no red and pink hair and pink costumes, but cleavage, yes. Yes, exactly. Well, okay. I mean, it's a very, you know, creative look. Did you work on like Elvira's backstory, you know, as far as like, like, did you give her a whole backstory right from the start? No, you know, we didn't. We just jumped in there and started doing the show. I didn't know if the show would last for uh, two days or two months, you know, I, it seemed pretty cheesy. I was just at a local station and trying to fit the show in between the noon at the news at noon and the news at five, you know, so we had this little window where we could shoot. And um, no, I, I, I had no backstory, no nothing. And that came along later when we did the movie Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Then we had to actually think of where did she come from? How did she get that way? and all of that. 
when did you realize like, you know, that Elvira and like Fright Night and like that this was a thing, you know, like you said, it may not have lasted. When did you realize like, okay, not only is this going to last, but wait a second, this is actually something huge. I think that revelation came along when I was asked to do the Johnny Carson show, um, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And at that time, that was the talk show. It was like kind of almost the only talk show, the most major talk show. And, um, and I sort of knew, and everybody kept telling me, if you're on that show, that means you are happening. <laughs> it's a thing, you know? And that was when I suddenly went, oh my God, I, I, I might be famous or something, you know? So um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Well, you also hosted Saturday Night Live at one point in your career. I did. Well, that's kind of a chapter in the book that you'll see. It didn't turn out quite the way I had planned it to turn out. Um, but I did get to go on Saturday Night Live. So I guess I shouldn't complain. But it was an interesting uh, story how that came about and how uh, it ended up. Everyone needs to read that part of the book. Yeah, I know. What about horror fans are so rabid? I don't mean that in a bad way. They're just so loyal to their craft. So what is the strangest fan encounter that you've ever had? (laughs) I'm sure you've had a few. I've had a lot, a lot of strange uh, fans. Uh, one, One thing that's cool are fans that come up to me who are famous, much more famous than me and asking for autographs. It's like, you're kidding. One time the whole band the Ramones came to see me one time Muhammad Ali came to see me it was just bizarre you know people like that and you're like yeah I just couldn't believe it um I've had fans tattoos of Elvira is a very very big thing and I can't tell you how many times fans I mean have tattoos of me as big as their entire back and on their entire arm or their entire thigh and some other places (laughs) that you would Whoa, you would not believe, but I've had more than a fan or two uh, just pull up their top or pull down their pants and it's like, anyway, that's happened. So those have been interesting fans. Uh, I had one guy who said, my father has waited his whole life. He, He loved you more than any celebrity ever. And he wanted to see you more than anything. And they brought his ashes, uh, because he had passed away. So I signed better late than never, but I don't know, interesting fan encounters all the time. And my fans are so loyal. I adore them. Making content is such an essential part of what I do to keep this show going, but it hasn't always been a seamless creative process. Listen, in addition to what you guys see every day on Instagram, I tweet the show out and I post tons of video clips on YouTube all day for that day's show. I'll be honest, my design skill level ain't so great. And my ability to learn new platforms is even worse. Ever since I found Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro on any device. I feel like such an expert with Canva Pro. Listen, it's a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content with just a few clicks. Designing with Canva Pro is so much fun and it's fast. You could choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize, or you can just start from scratch. What I like the best about Canva Pro is everything is in one place and it helps me stay organized. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, video editor, it's all right there. So it's easy for me to stay on the same page with everyone else I'm working with. There's no more misplaced files and there's no more tedious back and forth. The other thing I love about Canva Pro is the price. For just $12.99 a month, you and four teammates can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer. Really, design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash velvetrope to get free 45 days of an extended trial period. That's canva.me slash velvetrope. Canva.me slash velvet rope, and you get a free 45 day extended trial period. Trust me, you're going to love it and it's going to make your life so much easier. You're going to be designing things that are so amazing. You can thank me later. Canva.me slash velvet rope. And with the tattoos, like men or women will just pull down, just pull down their pants and say, here's where it is, and they'll be totally naked. Oh, yeah. oh my God, I had this girl, it was up in San Francisco. She was a big girl, 
very big. And uh, she pulled down her pants and my face was on her butt cheek. And it was about like that wide, you know, it was like, dude. Anyway, so things like that. Just little fun things like that. <laughs> things like that. Speaking of the celebrities, like, have you ever had like, you know, like you think of like the current, you know, like a Brad Pitt or like a Julia Roberts where you're just like, you're an Elvira fan? Like, wait, I'm shocked. You know, like someone we wouldn't really think would be an Elvira fan. Well, the strangest one probably was Michael Jackson. And he really like flipped out. He was like, oh, is that, oh my God. Oh. So freaking out. So that was pretty insane. And it was the night he was at the Grammys winning, I think. 11 Grammys for Thriller. And the major thing he said to me was, I should have had you do the voice in Thriller. And I was like, duh, you should have. I mean, what a game changer that would have been. Biggest single in history. But that didn't happen. But I'm glad it went to Vincent Price, who I love. So. Okay, I have a few questions now. So so you were at the Grammys too, right? Yeah. Like you were, and then Michael Jackson just ran into you and is like, oh my God, I'm a huge fan. Yep. I was dressed as Elvira because I was there with, um, I believe that night I was there with Alice Cooper. And so we went backstage and Michael Jackson was coming one way and I was going the other way. And yeah, he just saw me and I, oh, and I was dying. I could hardly talk. I was like, this Michael Jackson. And then when he tells you something like he says, oh, you should have done the voice in Thriller. Is that like a like you said, is that like a, well, now you tell me this could have changed everything or is it like, well, that's flattering. I mean, that's. Oh no, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And uh, instead I tried to stay cool and not scream and fall down on the floor or anything. Um, but it was funny, many years later, the writer, I, I believe of Thriller, I believe his name was Rod Temperton, Templeton, something like that, um, passed away and in his his uh, obituary, it said that he had originally intended Elvira to do the voiceover in Thriller, but then um, Quincy Jones, who was producing for Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones' wife's best friend was Coral Brown, who was the wife of Vincent Price, and she wanted Vincent Price to do it. So if I had to lose out to anybody, it would certainly be to Vincent Price, my hero. But uh, that was disappointing though. I was kind of sad to hear that years later. Oh, bummer. And imagine what a difference. I mean, it still would have been a great song, but imagine like with like a female Elvira on there, man. It would have been really awesome, right? Oh, well, those are little things that happen in, you know, a long way. I love it. What about, you know, you've played Elvira, quote unquote, for so long. I know you've been in other things, like you were in Pee-wee's, you were in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Like, I know you know Paul Rubens from The Groundlings. Did it ever, did you ever say like, wait, I'm typecast as Elvira? Like, did you want to act more? Like, was that a thing where people, you would come in as Cassandra and they would say, I mean, you don't seem like Elvira right now. Like, was that a thing where you were typecast or you wanted to do other things? more and you just didn't have the time yeah you know it was so funny my first inclination was um well i can have this gig as elvira and i can do that nobody knows it's me you know nobody recognized me or anything and then i can go out and have like a legitimate acting career um you know and basically have two careers and that whole plan really kind of went down the tubes when I started really making good money as Elvira for the first time in my life, you know, uh, enough money to buy a house and a new car and all that. And I was like, why do you want to get out of this exactly? Where, you know, what, what's wrong with doing this? And the most important thing about it is that I eventually uh, got the rights to the character and own the character. Then I was able to exploit it by doing licensing and merchandising and everything that goes along with, with owning a brand. Um, and I didn't really realize that initially, um, but it certainly hit home later. And it was like, why the heck do you want to get away from the thing that's making you money and that you enjoy doing? Was that hard to get the rights to the character? Or it, it wasn't was even that hard back then? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc style sandals, I embrace those feel good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. Their Brooklyn sandals, they're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Um, it was funny how it happened. Um, I was working at this little local TV station, as I said, and um, um, they wouldn't pay me more. <laughs> I was their top rated show on the entire station, but they would not pay me more money. And so instead of money, in lieu of money, um, my management asked for the rights to have a fan club. And they said, okay, later we asked for the rights to appear on other TV shows because I was getting... Uh, request to be on like chips or happy days or you know whatever and um, then we asked for the rights to make t-shirts and stuff and that kept going along every year until one day we realized we had all the rights they had just slowly given them away and thank god because the station not long after I left um, was sold had to be sold because of uh some weird business dealings of the uh, the company that owned them, RKO, and they lost the license for the station. So if Elvira would have been owned by them, she would be long, long gone, and there would be no way for me to get it back. Wow. So I left out in that. In that uh, and then to that point, like, you know, you look at like so many actresses, especially like, okay, it's come, it's changed a little bit, but still, you know, Back in the day, especially like if you, you know, 40, you're considered put out to pasture as an actress, certainly not 50s or 60s, which is, yes, we're in a different world today. But as this was now a brand with all the licensing and comics books and dolls, and I mean, were you just like, wow, like this is a legitimate business. This is certainly, a, who can argue with that as opposed to being like a working actress. Now there's anything wrong with that and thinking where your next gig is going to come from. Yeah, I mean, my career went in a very different uh, trajectory than I initially thought it would, but I became more what I would call like a business, you know, business person. I run a business; it's a brand, and um, of course, I have many, many people that help me with it who really know what they're doing. 
Um, but it's not like going out on acting jobs, doing auditions and doing TV shows and all of that. It's just, it's just not, I don't have time to do both. I can either, either concentrate on this business or I can, uh, you know, be all over the place. I can't do both. Totally. Yeah. There's only so many hours in the day. I am straight. What about, what do you think is going to shock people the most from reading this book? I mean, <laughs> I read it. There were some things I picked up on, but what do you think is going to shock people the most or that they're going to be like surprised to find out about you? Well, there are a lot of things in there. I'm, I'm hoping mo- most of uh, my friends speak to me after the book comes out. No, I, things about, I think not a lot of people know about me being burned and I had a very difficult relationship with my mother. I moved out when I was 14 and traveled around the country as a go-go dancer, uh, which is pretty crazy, right, at 14. Um, I don't think people have heard about my early life, really, and how I kind of, you know. Um, went out on your own. Sorry? And how, how you yeah, went out on your own, own at such a young age. age. I think that's going to be a big surprise. Um, some of the... Oh gosh, I don't know. I think there's a lot in there that people are going to be shocked about. I had some uh, amazing uh, adventures in Europe, uh, working with a band. But um, there's some stories in there that are pretty shocking and mm. sad. And yeah, it's sad. It's shocking. It's happy. I mean, one of the things that stood out to me is that you witnessed a uh, murder of your neighbor. Yeah, stood right there and saw it happen. And he said, why didn't you do anything? Because I was inside my apartment looking out the window while uh, someone was stabbing her a hundred times. And um, I immediately ran out to try to help her. And um, as I was bending down to try to feel her pulse, uh, the murderer came up behind me, standing behind me with a knife, covered head to toe in blood, and started asking me if I thought she was okay, which I said, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And then he threw the knife in a bush and walked down the street. And that even goes on a longer story. But I was interviewed by the Herald Examiner, which was a paper here in LA at the time. And there were a lot of funny, funny, weird things that happened about that story. A lot of details. It's like a kind of like a mystery novel i still can't get over that too many discrepancies of the police report and what i saw it was very strange so that's something you might want to uh you know might read and see what happened but it was traumatizing it was horrible um i i had to move i could never go back in that apartment again and i know i really had uh, what i didn't know then was ptsd but i you know i'm sure it was it was uh really hard to deal with and then, I mean, it's such a serious thing. Like, I don't mean to make light of it, but like, is the irony lost on you that it like Elvira is witnessing a murder? I mean, it is, I, mean, <laughs> I know it's not the same as horror, but it is like, that's, what are the chances? Well, the funny thing was the, the article in the, which was on the front page of the Herald Examiner, which I still have, um, the headline was a Hollywood horror story. So how perfect is that, right? But that certainly would explain it. That would explain it. What do you think is like the biggest misconception of you? I mean, like, do people meet you and like they confuse that you're not Elvira? I mean, like, I understand how that happens. It's the same as playing any character for a really long time. And like, what do you think is the biggest misconception of you? Um, I think the first thing people say is, you're so tiny. (laughs) <laughs> which I'm not really that tiny, I'm five, seven, but, but I think everybody thinks of Elvira as being, you know, six foot five or something. I don't know. And, and I must say with six inches more of hair and six inch heels, I do get up around six feet tall, but I'm small bone. I'm tiny. I think they're just thinking it's somebody who's really like, you know, Wonder Woman or something. Um, and it, I rarely get recognized. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I'll go to parties and people will ignore me until they know I'm Elvira and then I'll be my best friend. You know? <laughs> I love that. Um, but I rarely get recognized um, walking down the street or in my neighborhood, which is fantastic. I got to tell you, I have way too many celebrity friends that, that have the, um, oh dear heavens, somebody's calling me. 
you know, way too many friends that get recognized all the time. And it's not that fun after a while, you know? Sounds like it would be, right? But no. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvetrobe. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, your temper is shorter than usual, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. I was going to say, like, that's kind of the best of both worlds, right? To be able to like work in this business and then not be recognized. It really is. I'm one of the luckiest actors out there. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got all kinds of things going on here. I'm like, oh, my God. No, don't even worry about it. Um, Have you? Well, yes, that is, I think, a, it's funny how you say, like, at the party and, right, the person's talking to you and they're whatever. And then, of course, when they find out you're, you got to love L.A. and the Hollywood. new best friend. Have you been out with certain celebrity friends of yours where like that's happened, where like they are all about the celebrity and you're just sitting there like, hi. Like, like chopped liver. Who would we be shocked to find out like Cassandra's really good friends with this celebrity? Like who are some of your, like who would shock us? I mean, well, most of them would not shock anybody because they're like Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie, <laughs> you know, people like that. Um, I hang out a lot with Paul Rubens. <clears throat> who's peewee and we hang out a lot because probably um because he and i are in a very very exclusive club together we're two completely different characters who we who's, we own the brands and uh we're normal well I, I don't know if we're normal people i can't really say that <laughs> we're regular old people who play these wacky characters so paul and i have a lot in common and we see a lot of each other. Uh, one of my oldest and dearest friends is Richard Chamberlain, who a lot of people uh, younger than me don't even know who Richard is anymore, but he's fantastic. And he's, he was huge, huge celebrity for, you know, how many years in Hollywood. And it still does things, he's wonderful. I mean, but one of my closest friends, I don't know how, it's weird how Elvira and Richard Chamberlain fit together. I don't know how, but. But they do. What about like current horror, like American Horror Story? Like, do you watch American Horror Story, Ryan Murphy? Yeah. Like, do you do you right. like something like that? And do you look at something like that and say, like, wait, wait a second, there might be a part for Elvira or Cassandra in there? You know, I oh gosh, it's so bad to say, but I don't generally watch that stuff. It's kind of like bringing your work home with you. You know, it's so crazy. I mean, I love horror and I don't get me wrong. I do watch horror movies, but I don't have a, a real daily diet of just staring at it because it's for so, so many years, I have watched so many horror movies, generally older, you know, more B movies, which is yeah. what I love. Now I can sit and spend a whole night watching Twilight Zone. That I can, uh, I watch all the time. There's something I'm, I don't know, it's like comfort food for me. I love, love, love old episodes of Twilight Zone. And I love, like I said, the old B movies, but the new horror, it's not that I don't love a lot of it. I do. It's just that I, I need a break sometimes. <laughs> you know? I could understand that. So it's not like you say like, Hey, management team, like you said, you have all these people that help you. Like, why, why aren't I in this American horror story over here? Someone get Ryan Murphy on the phone. 
Yeah, I mean, I figured they'll call me if they want me or need me, you know, and I'll be in that. I was in a, in a couple little horror movies. I was in All About Evil, directed by the beautiful Peaches Christ. And uh, it was really awesome being in that. And I played it super straight, normal mom, uh, which I love. It's quite a departure from, <laughs> you know, Elvira. And uh, so, so that was fun. So people call me up, you know, I have a few shows coming up uh, very soon on TV that people just call me out of the blue and say, hey, there's a perfect part for you. And then I'll do it if it's fun. And I have we fun. have had the beautiful Peaches Christ on this very show here. Love. I love, love, love him so much. Love. Do you watch other things? Like do you watch rom-coms, like, you know, stuff like that? I am not a big TV person. I know nobody believes it. I have never seen an episode of Seinfeld, Cheers, Friends. Can you believe that? I mean. I don't know what it is. I'm just not, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather be doing something in real life than watching TV all day. I don't know. I mean, I do watch TV. There are things I watch on it. I can't remember what. <laughs> Listen, you're better off. There are only so many hours in the day, right? It's true. And I just uh, keep busy enough that I don't have time to sit down and, and, and do it. Not that I don't love TV. I do, but I'm busy, busy, busy. It's like you're running, you have, you, you're writing a book. You wrote a That's book. Right. I'm writing a book. And when I'm not writing a book, I like reading. So I mean, you see, I have books behind me here, but you have yes. a lot of books. I do. <laughs> what about, you know, you've lived such an interesting life. You said like from Kansas, showgirl, Vegas, traveling around at 14. If they were going to make a movie on your life, who would you want to play like a, you know, a, 20, 30 something year old Elira. Oh my God, I hadn't ever thought about that. Who would be good? We might need a few actresses because it would go from birth to 100 years old. So there might be a few people. But the main one, hmm, I don't know. It'd have to be somebody with a real sense of humor, a comedian. I mean, I would really think uh, somebody who's really into comedy, uh, not just like another pretty face. Um, so I haven't really given it any thought. Who would you have? Well, like, I always think of like someone with like, yeah, like that with comic, but like an edge, like maybe like a Dakota Johnson or like a Jennifer Lawrence. They kind of have an edge to them, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, no, it should be somebody with a little, a little edge, not somebody who's just, you know, pretty girl, mama. That's what yeah. I think. Well, if you think of anybody, let me know. <laughs> you know, I just think after the book, Cassandra, we I have the movie. That. I hope so. I hope, or even a, at least the documentary. I have amazing film footage and uh, uh, photos of my childhood. And, wow. Uh, um, which would, I think, make a pretty interesting uh, documentary. I have one film I, I especially love. It's a little eight millimeter film of me when I was five years old, getting my first... Um, present that I remember and it was a little portable record player with a 45 record of you ain't nothing but a hound dog by Elvis Presley so and it's me dancing and I have a very wacky dance I made up it you have to see it to believe it I I don't know I was choreographing when I was only five I love it I think I think the movie needs to be next have you ever been in the mix? Like I talk to people sometimes, like have you ever been in the mix for a part that you then didn't get that went on to be something? Like I spoke to someone that almost got Pretty Woman, like with Julia Roberts. Like, is there some big part like that where we're like, wait, that was almost Cassandra mm -hmm. Peterson? You know, I'd have to say the only thing I had that was really even similar to that was the story I told you about being uh, doing the Michael Jackson voiceover in Thriller. Um, pretty good one. Huh? That's a pretty good one. It is a pretty good one. Yeah, I've never, because I don't really go out for parts or audition and like almost getting something. I, yeah, I've just pretty much ever since I got Elvira, been creating my own projects, uh, whether they're big or little or whatever, I pretty much do it myself, but I'm always involved in the writing, the producing and putting it together. So I don't really go out and do that much, uh, else. I wish I had something that I could say Scarlett Johansson got it instead of me. Listen, Michael Jackson thriller, I don't think it gets any better than that. I mean, you do 
own a holiday. You mentioned this is your busy season. Like how busy does it get for you now that we're approaching Halloween? It's crazy. Insanely crazy. And you would think, you know, I I thought now that I'm getting a little older that it would slow down or with the pandemic, it would slow down. It's not slowing down, which I'm I'm very grateful for, but uh, it's been crazier than ever. It's just uh, more appearances more TV shows. I have two big projects that'll be out this fall on TV um, and an, another few TV appearances on different on other shows. Um, wow. Just acting. And so, so uh, yeah, it's just busier than, than I've ever been. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Which is, I got to slow it down. I'm not getting old here. Well, mo- very few people can say that they basically own a holiday, which you do. I mean, we have you and we have Mariah Carey who owns Christmas. I mean, did you ever think of calling Miss Mariah and maybe doing a crossover Halloween Christmas? I have met her. We had a lot of pictures together. We danced together at a party. We had such an awesome time. She was so fun. Uh, I never have thought of that, but I don't know what we do because my voice is shot. I can't sing anymore. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I just uh, helped her with her hair and wardrobe. I don't know. Well, speaking of, you know, you said you're getting older. I mean, we're all getting older. I know you just, you have a birthday. You are turning 70. Now for any age, we all sometimes, but you, I mean, come on, I'm not the only person that's going to ask this question. Like, how is it that I'm looking at you and you are, how do you maintain all of this youthfulness? Like, what is your secret? Come on. I do. You know, people ask me, they say, do you, is there something you use or something? And I go, honey, if I had that, I, you know, I would be bottling that and marketing it, you know, under Elvira's secret potion or whatever. Um, I don't know. I live in LA. I do a lot of skincare. I do. I take care of myself. I exercise and work out a lot, uh, not in September and October so much because I'm working all the time, but you know, I do yoga, I do Pilates, I walk every day. Um, I eat basically vegetarian diet and um, not 100% though. So if you ever catch me eating chicken, don't, you know, it could happen. If I um, ever see you at a restaurant eating chicken, I won't call you on it. Okay, yes. I used to be a total vegetarian. I don't know what happened. I slid off the, fell off the truck there. But um, anyway, I, I don't know. I've always taken care of myself and, and, stayed busy maybe that's the secret you know and enjoyed my work uh, I love what I do that's I amazing As, no I mean I figured I think staying on the move is the key too yeah. as we wrap up is there anything else you want to leave us with that I didn't bring up and what do you want people to take away from reading this book as they read it like what do you want them to kind of take away and say at the end of it well I, what I really honestly, honestly want is like we were talking about my fans, how they um, <clears throat> are really loyal and how they, you know, um, I don't know, we, we, with my fans, I have this, this uh, interplay, we're, we're, we're both, we both come from the same background, my fans and I, I think a lot of them had childhoods where they felt like misfits, that's what I'm trying to say, hello. Uh, they felt like me. They didn't fit in. They were bullied, this and that. And um, what I want to do is, what I hope this book does is give those people some inspiration when they didn't feel like they were the prettiest person or the best looking or the smartest or whatever, that none of that really matters if you really want to make it. And also, you know, to follow your dream. If you, I had the crazy dream of wanting to be a showgirl in Las Vegas and and, you know, I was like, everybody was telling me, you're not tall enough, you're not pretty enough, you know, you, you're not talented enough. And I was like, well, I'm going to try anyway. And I want to give that to my fans and the people who felt like um, they just didn't fit in, that sometimes the best thing is not to fit in because you become more, you, you become unique. I would agree with all that. And I think that's, probably one of the appeals to Elvira that she kind of gives a voice to 
the misfits or the people that feel they don't really fit in anywhere. I think so. I think that's why the movie Mistress of the Dark connects to so many people. And I've had fans come up sobbing in tears and saying that movie made such a huge difference in my life. And I'm like, really? You know, it's hard for me to believe. But now I get it. I really do get it. I, I see that they they didn't feel like they fit in. Elvira didn't fit in, uh, not especially in her dress, which is the line from the movie. Okay, I stole it. And, uh, and, and they, the movie gave them inspiration. So I hope to do the same with my book. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love it. It's a great book. Everyone needs to read it. Two more things and we'll wrap up. Can you share any of these projects that you mentioned that you have coming up or is it too early? Yeah, yeah. Believe me, if I could, I would so much. I cannot yet. Yeah. Well, I think I'm happy about that because that just means you will have to come back another time when all those come out. I would love to. Before we go, two things. When, where can everyone find you online so everyone can follow you who doesn't already follow you on Instagram? Elvira.com. And uh, yeah, if you just go to Elvira.com, then you can get the connections to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, which is all, all my handles on there are at the real Elvira. So check out that. You can see everything I'm doing, everything I'm up to, and all the... Uh, News of what's coming up will be announced on there if you want to find out about it. I love it. I have personally met you at two different celebrity conventions. I don't know where because I don't remember anything, but I've met you as Cassandra yeah. and as Elvira. So you were wonderful both times. So I just figured I would tell you that. Thank and before any time, thank you, Cassandra. And before we go, I can't let you go without you telling me unpleasant dreams. Okay. Unpleasant dreams. I love it. I'm dead. I really do appreciate all your time, though. Congratulations. The book is amazing. Everyone needs to read it. It's, it's filled with everything. So it's a great read. So oh, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I, I hope they do. And I hope everybody likes it. And I hope they talk to me afterwards. Everyone's going to still talk to you. Trust okay. me. They're going <laughs> to understand. It was a great read. So you. come back for real this was amazing i really appreciate you taking your time thank you david i'd love to come back thank you have a good day and we'll talk sorry about being late you could listen cassandra you can be late anytime you want for me okay <laughs> i will be here waiting for you thank you okay see you later <laughs> bye Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.